Hi, and welcome to Eat My Words, a twice-monthly Arizona Highways podcast that celebrates Arizona's unique culinary culture. I'm your host, Kelly Vaughn. For this episode of Eat My Words, I'm pleased to introduce Jacob Catino of Catino Sauce Company. Jacob, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You bet. Now, you're a sauce scientist and a flavor curator, (laughs) but I'm curious to know where it all began. Tell our listeners about the origins of Catino Sauce Company. So uh, my stepfather would always make really hot sauces from the islands, from Trinidad, and uh, he would never tell anybody what was in it. It was just always like he'd let people have it, but they could only use a certain plastic spoon to get get it out so they didn't ruin it. And he'd only let you put a couple of drops because he said it would ruin your food, which I've done before. So we always just had it around. And then my wife had came to meet my family right when we got engaged and she tried it. She was like, what is this stuff? I was like, it's a saucy mix. You won't give me. I was like trying to get him to send me some. And uh, it was always just in a nondescript jar in the, in the refrigerator and just kind of knew what it was. And uh, she's like, you have to figure this out. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you won't give me the recipe. And so we got home and she was like, well, just try it. And I made a bunch of stuff that was not so good, probably pretty bad. <laughs> and then uh, finally landed on something that was pretty good. And then uh, we took it to, I took it to work one day, took like pre-orders and we sold out that day, like 24 orders. We're like, cool. So then maybe we're onto something. So we decided to go at it full speed. So I quit my job. Um, we lived on her salary for four months. It took us about six months to get to market. Soaked the old 401k, maxed out the credit cards, that whole typical story, and then started at a farmer's market on Wednesday, March 4th in 2015. And uh, that day was great. It was just like, we're super excited. We had like our first version of branding on and two flavors that we started with. Now we have a series of 10 that we rotate through. Um, And uh, yeah, it was great. It it started off and we're terrified and excited all at the same time. Uh, Our first year was really crazy though. We just hit... uh, I think Instagram was starting to hit its stride with marketing uh, organically. And that was something my wife had done. Like she was always used to tease her about Facebook and this and that. And I, it, I didn't get on Facebook. I don't think until 2011. I'm not on it anymore, but um, I used it briefly here and there. And, but she was really savvy with it. So she used it and kind of built us this whole marketing thing on there where, you know, people were finding us. We were, we were following the right people doing the right things. And, uh, it was at that time, it was like, it was still kind of like how TikTok is now. Like, it's not that they weren't really charging a lot of things. They just wanted people on the platform. Um, and we ended up getting some national press. Like, in our first nine months, we were in uh, Food and Wine. Um, Editors of Sessions was a big image of the bottle, just as big as our real bottle, like, in the middle of the, the magazine. So, that was pretty cool. That was a big deal. And then we ended up uh, meeting some guys from New York um, through Instagram and followed their Kickstarter. They ended up doing a retail place and working with uh, Complex Magazine and doing the Hot Ones show, so where they do the really hot chicken wings and they interview people. Oh, yeah, so very we familiar. Ended up, we ended up launching our first ghost sauce when the uh, some of the local guys um, here, Stephen Jones, Bernie Cantac, I think Josh, um, Josh Heber, who else was it? Scott Holmes and someone else. They were all cooking at the Beard House for the Seven Chef collab they had. And I was, it was around the right time where I was going to launch my ghost sauce for the first time. So I went out with them and I met the guys at the Heatness since we had kind of been working together. We did a little launch party there and then we went and met the people at uh, Complex, gave them a few sauces and then they picked the one that they picked and they said, 
like so we you know at the time we had thirty thousand subscribers so we thought it would just be you know we'll make it once it'd be cool if we make it twice and it just blew up like crazy and so like the first two years because five seasons or so that we were with them on that and then we had to learn a lot really fast so that was it was good you know it was good and a gift and a curse kind of deal you know but it was it helped us figure a lot out awesome so i mean prior to this did you have any experience in the culinary world yeah so i i've always worked in restaurants okay. um i've done a bunch of different things but you know like my first job was in a restaurant and a sizzler being a uh dishwasher and a busboy and that didn't last very long but then i've done everything from wash cars to you know uh deliver mail to all kinds of stuff so uh but yeah so i've always kind of gone back to the uh restaurant world that's love food and then um you know i was uh kind of a last key kid so i had to cook for myself a lot at home and my mom didn't really have a lot of money a lot of microwave stuff and so i just had to like she'd go there's, there's food in there figure it out so and i uh always kind of really had an affinity for like asian cooking back then i was just like i always thought it was magic what they did with their food and i was like why is it always so good and how come i can't make it so i tried to figure out you know certain certain things like with vietnamese food and whatnot and uh yeah i just like i'm the kind of person who's never really scared to look at you know to go to any international market and just try everything and i think that's kind of how it is with, like chilies and spice and stuff it's just uh you know i think it's like endless possibilities i like to kind of be you know think do things that i think will work well together not necessarily what i think is just kind of oh this is the model of what we should be doing you know so but yeah i uh, i've worked in a lot of different restaurants managed worked in the kitchen perhaps I've, I've been all over um had aspirations opening my, my own place at one time then that kind of changed when we did this and then uh you know, it hasn't completely gone away. It's not off the table, but as for right now, we're just trying to continue to figure this out. So what is, you know, out of curiosity, what does your stepdad think of your success? And have you ever done a Pepsi challenge with some of your sauces going against that original recipe? Yeah, no. Well, so that's funny you say that. He just sent me some of his that he made. He, you know, it's a big thing. Everybody knows when he's going to make some, you know, and he tells everybody and everybody's like waiting to get their little jar. Um, and he sent me like 12 little jars of it. He wanted me to check it out. And he's like, well, one of them I did this and then I did the other. But he's been super excited about it. Uh, he's just like blown away. He's like, I can't believe you just watch what I was doing, something and turn it into a business. And uh, yeah, he's super supportive. So they've been great. And uh, we found out the part i did leave out is that once i was doing all those batches i found out when i had to make the product like uh shelf stable i had to have a thermal process so i thought we were going to be done there but it actually developed the flavor of recipe more and so it worked out better for us but then now it's, it's a far cry his is like his is always refrigerated raw super hot and and then you know so we might have to cook his and see where it goes but Absolutely. yeah i try not to bug him too much about it i don't want him coming after me <laughs> So you're also aligned with one of Arizona's best known chefs, Chris Bianco. How, yes, did, how did that partnership originate? Yeah, you know, it's funny. It goes all the way back to the farmer's market. Like, well, I, I knew him from the restaurant industry and just seeing him around, going down in his uh, spot downtown and then um, ran into him at the farmer's market that first day when we started. And he was like, yeah, it's good, man. He goes, let's, let's we'll sell some Ipana. And he was just like super casual. I still was, I think, making invoices out of like PayPal or something. And I was like, I don't even know what to bring. He said, just bring it. So, you know, kind of typical Bianca style. So it was pretty cool. He, he was one of our first like wholesale accounts. And then a couple years later, I saw him and uh, he, he was like, yeah, he saw that we're making a lot of traction. He was like, well, if you ever need anything, let me know. And I said, here, I need you to uh, 
send some of the sauce out to some of your buddies, you know, out in the West Coast. And uh, yeah, and then some, and he came back and some people were interested in stuff. And, you know, we talked and it was like a, it was a good move for us to kind of get, you know, out of the garage, say, you know, where we were still kind of working out of our house, but, you know, out of the kitchens across town and out of another warehouse. So uh, still kind of doing a little bit of that, but now we have a distributor and those kind of things. But yeah, that was, uh, it was just kind of like a timing thing. It worked out and uh, it was good. And it was, it was uh, a lot of valuable insight that they gave us on kind of, you know, the bumps and bruises of scaling a business quickly, you know, so. Sure. Now you have some more traditional flavors of jalapeno and a verde mm-hmm. and, a, and an habanero sauce, but my buddy Spencer and I actually did our own version of the hot wings challenge several weeks. Oh, ago. nice. <laughs> he, brought, he brought over some of your blueberry hot sauce. Ah, uh, yeah. You, you have yeah. a mango variety as well. I mean, what inspired you to venture into these kind of cool, you know, fruit and spice fusions? Yeah. Like I said, I just, you know, I, I think it was the first time I did something around the holidays and we went, you know what, actually, uh, Joni Simon, she does, uh, she's like a local food photographer. She has a book out. Um, I believe she has a, a course where she teaches people how to um, do like up their film uh, food photography, but like from a very starter level and then even to advanced. Uh, she's done a lot of great work. She's even worked with us before. Um, and she made these pecan brownie uh, bars with our habanero. And the habanero just worked so well. And so then I made some caramel with it and that worked really well. And then we started making ice cream with it. And then I was like, you know, there's uh, there's something to be said about having sweet and heat together. And I, I think that there's room for that. And I think a lot of time when everybody was kind of going truffle and mushroom, I was going fruit. And so that's why I kind of just went on a run with fruit. And I did like four flavors. And then we just kind of rotate them as limited ones. And then, uh, you know, also like working with super hot peppers with a very limited availability. But some guys are starting to work on having greenhouse growing throughout the year. So that's another thing I'd like to do is work on something really, really hot, but with a lot of great flavor as well. And do you source all of your peppers as locally as you possibly can? Yeah. I mean, I use local purveyors. They source from the region. So, I mean, the regions change. They go from New Mexico to California to, uh, to California. I'm sorry, to California to Mexico. Um, but, you know, it's it's just tough with these crops are really finicky crops and they have to have the right climate. And, you know, we've tried to have people grow locally, but, you know, it also came to a part where it was just demand. It was hard to have crops that would be in demand, like maybe once a year we could use them. But um, that's something we like to get them as, as close as possible. So there are some conversations we're having with some people. There's a actually international chili conference happening this summer in Tucson for a couple of days and we'll be down there. So uh, talking to some people from the Curry uh, family farm down there and they're doing a lot of different uh, peppers down there. So hopefully we can, you know, kind of make leeway to get as much possible uh, as close as we can. Great. And speaking of summer, I mean, it's basically upon us, at least here in Phoenix and people Mm -hmm. are going to be turning more to their grills instead of heating up their whole houses with their ovens. So do you have a favorite recipe for people who are going to be grilling a lot this summer? Yeah, I have a couple. Actually, if you go to our website, we have a recipe page. So you just go to uh, www.catinosauce.com and you look on the recipes and we have, I think a recipe or two for each, uh, for each flavor. My, the jalapeno chicken, jalapeno glazed chicken that I've done in there is one of my favorites. Also, uh, speaking of Bianca, he's using his uh, his pasta sauce and um, 
confit garlic and, and, and olive oil and our ghost makes a really good it's basically like we call them pizza wings and you grill them and baste them with that um with the cooked down garlic and you baste them with the uh you toss them in the spaghetti sauce which I'm trying to and then grill them again and bring them out put parmesan on them they're great those are on the website as well so awesome. really really good awesome. yeah jacob where can people find catino sauces you can find us in all AJ's and Whole Foods in Arizona. And then you can find us in probably about 80 of the retailers, almost over 100 now between Flagstaff here in Tucson. Um, you'll find us in some resorts as well. Um, let me see, like most of the little places too, like uh, LGO and Lucy's and things like that. So, And I know, and but, I know they have uh, Catino sauces at Chula. Um, mm -hmm. at least at the Uptown location, which they've been a guest on the podcast as well. So yeah, I love those guys. I actually worked for one of those guys oh, awesome. before I started this. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Always good to see those connections. Yeah. But Jacob, what else do you want our listeners to know about the sauce? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think just, uh, it's, it's, it's been a, like a wild ride. It's been seven years as of last March. And, um, you know, to see this this community grow uh, as far as the culinary standpoint and how supportive everybody is and collaborative, I would say keep your eyes peeled for us doing more of that now that, you know, we're post kind of COVID times and people are starting to get out and about. Uh, definitely missing that connection. So look for us to be, you know, kind of back out in the community more with that and uh, doing, yeah, more collaborative work and uh, just continuing to grow, do some other products. And uh, yeah, more, we just try to be here. For seven more so awesome on that perfect bite jacob catino thank you so much for joining me all right kelly thank you for having me for more information about catino sauce company visit catinosauce.com for more information about arizona highways visit arizonahighways.com this and all episodes produced by sarah heater until next time eat my words